Well, hello, Gen X Talking family. We are excited to get another show underway for you today. Before we do, Ed, welcome. Hello, thank you. Welcome. Glad to be here. So, Ed, I thought today we could spend a bit of time reviewing one of our recent posts on social media. It got a lot of traction and response, so I thought it might be interesting to expand on some of the topics. We're talking about the five concepts to stay situationally aware in your area. The topic was originally conceptualized by Kristen, my wife, um, awesome. in weather and other events. She has this normal list that she goes to, sites, resources, etc. She uses them to come up to speed on the different topics that are maybe going on in the world. Let's just jump right into it. Starting off, the first concept is to have multiple weather sources, including local. There's a couple of particular points that I would point out first off. There's a combination of local and national. From a national perspective, most people have their go-to source, like maybe it's a show on TV or they might have websites like weather.gov weather.com and the difference being the national weather service is right. weather.gov the weather channel being weather.com and it can be a little confusing to some people but uh one of the things that i actually put a comment into the into the post that uh, the weather channel i consider a bit dramatic and over dramatic in many cases where it, it seems like they're just trying to sell weather they've got a product to sell and they've got sponsors because they're more commercial because they're private, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then you have the other ones, the National uh, Oceanic and Atmospheric uh, Organization. That's NOAA.gov, which that's kind of down and dirty. Just look at the weather type of stuff from a national perspective. Yeah. Uh, don't some of those have actual like statistical data that you can yeah. look back and see hey, what was the weather like this day last year? And yeah. What are the trends and patterns of the weather? Yeah, absolutely. There was one other thing that I wanted to add in and I put in including local sources, because one of the things that's really, really important specifically for your area is just find a local provider, not news. What I'm talking about is it could be somebody who used to work on a particular news channel. Mm -hmm. It could be somebody who is just a meteorologist who is just passionate about providing weather as a service and they have their own TikTok or Instagram posts, Facebook group, whatever it winds up being. There's two in our area, Justin Weather and Steve's Weather page. These guys, I mean, they are obsessive about weather. And so it's pretty cool to use them as sources. Well, in our area, we mostly just look at our cell phones yeah. and then we just try to track and, and those sources that we're getting out of there are sometimes accurate and they're sometimes not. And it just goes with any weather. It's almost like trying to predict the lottery outcome. The weather out here changes a lot. So we just try to look at those changes and we go into our phone or if we're planning something, we also try to go online and get a couple of those different sources like you're talking about. If we're really planning to get out and go do something, otherwise most of the time we don't really care exactly what the weather is. We just have an idea. It's going to be sort of like this. Everybody in every 
part of the world says, if you don't like the weather in Maryland right now or in Texas right now, just wait a minute. It's going to change. Wait, wait five minutes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So in Dallas area this week, I believe it was Tuesday and Wednesday or Wednesday and Thursday. It was in the mid seventies, mid January. And we're in the mid seventies now, Friday and Saturday, it got cold, windy. We actually saw very light snow blusters out here last night. So it went from mid seventies to low thirties, and it's going to be back up in the fifties again today and tomorrow. Wow. It, so, it, it has been some strange weather recently. Right. So we are planning something soon in, in mid February. I'm not going to say exactly where we're going. It's planned to be an international trip and we will try to do a, a podcast episode with you and yeah. special guest, uh, Chris Klein, depending on how well the internet connection is out there. And we're looking at not just the weather, but the other situational awareness scenarios you're going to talk about later. And so cool. from that perspective, I already know typically that time of year that we're going to be there in this area, the weather is generally like this. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea of this post and podcast is becoming situationally aware and making sure that you're wearing the proper amount of layers so that you mm -hmm. can shed layers if you need to, or cover more if you need to. If you have yeah. heads up on what's going to happen or where you're going to go or need to be before you even get in the car, you're going to want to know, are the roads icy today? Is it raining today? Cause I've seen it more and more on TikTok lately with people from Texas or in Texas posting about. Californians and New Yorkers moving to Texas and they'll say, here's five things you need to know about Texas and Texans before you move over here. He'll say, stay out of the left-hand lane. Texans are some of the worst people I've ever <laughs> met as far as driving slow in the left-hand lane. Yeah. They'll say something about the weather and the driving. One thing you need to know is Texans are some of the worst people about driving in the snow, ice, and rain. They just can't do it. Because they're, they're just not experienced. <laughs> not to throw shade at my fellow Texans, but you guys talk a lot of big talk about how well you can drive and this and that. And, uh, now nah, you're really not that good of drivers. <laughs> Especially not in weather that doesn't really happen in Texas. You know, there's yeah. no way you can say anything about a Texas snowstorm compared to people up in Massachusetts or Maine or Buffalo. I mean, there's just no comparing. Let's move on to the second topic, which is health-related updates. This is actually more important, I think, to be local. Your local Department of Health organizations that you're closest to. As we saw through the, the pandemic that's been going on, a lot of people were relying on national news, even international news related to the pandemic and health-related concerns. What the heck do they know about what's going on in your local area? I remember the initial breakout of COVID in New York City, and there were just thousands and thousands of people dying regularly. Yeah. And they said, we need to shut down the country. And everybody outside of New York and New Jersey is going, what the heck for? I got to shut down my farm in Montana because 
you guys in New York City? I'm glad you brought that up, Matt. I don't know how much we've talked about it, if any, but I've always asked other people, have you traveled outside of this area and overseas? Do you realize what they live like in, say, Rio de Janeiro or Mexico City, Tokyo? As soon as the pandemic hit, I started hearing about numbers of Native Americans on the Navajo Reservation in New Mexico. And I said, now, wait a second, it, because of the Native American situation, they may not have the same amount of immunity built up. What some people don't realize is a lot of Native Americans started getting sicker and sicker when Europeans came over and brought a lot of the, the disease right. from over there. Yeah. They didn't have that naturally acquired immune defense. And that may still be true. They're still susceptible to certain things. Like if you know anything about Indian health services, there's a particular weakness towards sugar and getting diabetes. Well, I can imagine maybe they have a little bit of higher risk or vulnerability when a pandemic like this comes through, mm -hmm. but I don't think people, especially in big cities, understand the native American culture and know how far apart these people live in, even in towns the size of Flagstaff or Shiprock. There's people that live in a Hogan in the middle of nowhere. How did they even come anywhere near having this come into their lives and spread to this degree so fast? I've always wondered. So health situation in your area, we've looked into that in the country that we're going to. I mean, we know what it is here. What's the health situation when we travel? For example, we've got to come up with a certain type of negative recognized test within 72 hours prior to departing or entering that country. And we know we have to have uh, vaccination cards. Those are like health requirements before you go. Now, what's that situation over there? Uh, well, over there, maybe they're having a cholera or E. coli breakout. So wow. different regions, like Matt said, you got to have different informational sources for the link. Absolutely. I think health should be localized as much as possible. And we should learn to at least respect and understand the perspective from which those people are coming and then obey when we can, you know, I think it's only right to do so. All right. Like, like we've discussed this previously, like, like currently almost everybody we know is getting this mild cold symptom version and it goes away in a week or so. I've talked to at least eight people that say, yep, we got it. We're vaccinated. We took some over the counter stuff and, and stayed hydrated or whatever, and we're fine. So that does kind of bring up another topic that is the CDC and the world health organization, rightly so they've taken a hit to their reputation mm -hmm. because they've become highly politicized, both organizations. And it's kind of painful to watch and frustrating because they were a source of truth when it comes to health related issues. I don't know exactly what the term is, but I, I feel like they've been hijacked by media and government. Something has caused that. Now that's not to say that you can't trust the CDC, that you can't trust World Health Organization for general news and information about sicknesses, about illnesses, diseases. I still have to give some proper respect 
for the CDC for putting out information about zombies. We talk about preparedness and you want to be yep. prepared to survive the zombie apocalypse and there's yeah. your information. That's right. That's where I would go to figure out how to live through a zombie apocalypse. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, was that serious or was that like partially in jocularity op-ed type post that they had? Yeah, it was not an op-ed. It was a post by the CDC. And if you read through it, the way they worded things is, it's always good, no matter what the potential danger might be, to have three days of food available for you, to have the ability to refresh your water sources on a regular basis. And they went through the basic rules of three and all. It was actually really well done. Yeah. Get your information from multiple sources and don't always just trust or rely that. on the CDC, whether it's government owned or nationalized, whether it's private or whatever in the intelligence community, if you're doing open source intelligence or what we call OSINT, or let's say, for example, you're looking at news in Cairo, Egypt, and a couple of other local Arabic sources. Who owns that? Where are they headquartered? What is their history? What is their credibility? What, what is their political bias? Some of them, for example, may favor Muslim Brotherhood. They may favor Mubarak. So yeah, no matter who you are, wherever you are, get, the, get those multiple sources and know they have different charts on your open source information as to what is the veracity and, and reporting style and everything of this news source as opposed to others. Uh, there's one of the charts that say, for example, the hill or something like that is up here. And then maybe there's a few others and then there's Fox and then way down over here is CNN because based on empirical data. There's a bunch of factors to take in there that actually give you a weight of evidence as to which ones are more truthful, reliable, credible, have more veracity, don't have bias. And that's where you get that chart. Well, hey there, Gen Xers. Ed and I wanted to introduce you to PackRabbit, our newest affiliate group. PackRabbit grew from one person's desire to craft a healthier and more efficient way to carry a pack. Now, PackRabbit is a small company made up of entrepreneurs, hunters, athletes, military, and outdoor enthusiasts. Their designs are influenced by diverse backgrounds and personal experiences that tilt them heavily towards simplicity and utility. PackRabbit believes that multifunctionality is not a condition of luxury, but an absolute necessity. One key aspect of several of their backpacks is a folding shelf that turns into a rather comfy seat when out on the trail. We invite you to check them out. The link for their website is in the show notes. So it's interesting. That's actually number three of the five concepts. That is having multiple news sources, and keeping in mind biases. You're pointing out some excellent facts around every news organization, no matter where you get it from, every news source has biases. 
whether it's left, right, or maybe a little bit more moderate, whatever you want to call it, but they have their own biases. The reporter has their biases. The people who own the organization, they will impose their biases upon the employees of that organization. The point in time at which news organizations started claiming unbiased news, the right. least biased news or well, reliable sources or whatever it might be, that's garbage. They should just well, tell us this is what side we come from. You have to understand they, they're a private corporation and they have a profit margin. And from a perspective of capitalism and, and that type of profit and gain, their investors look at return on investment. At the end of the day, they need to provide some type of product that gets people over there. The thing that everybody has to keep in mind is that with a lot of news that isn't news, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah, and right. for more of the tabloid type sources, they impose upon their writers a publish or die. So these guys are just writing anything they can and just pushing it out there to have content that the news sources can push out. So not just their news source, but who actually wrote this piece and what, what is their history? You can click on them in the source. You can click on the actual person. And you look at the last 20 posts and they say it's all anti-Trump or pro-Trump, anti-Biden, pro-Biden, pro-vaxxing, anti-vaxxing. Yeah. One of the interesting points where they try to hide their biases is in opinion pieces. I, I should say they claim that this is an unbiased show, yet it's nothing but opinion. They'll say, Joe Rogan said this, and then that's the only thing that is truth. The rest of it is speculation and opinion. There's first where I have my problem is I think you can still put out content <laughs> and you can put out as truthful and factual of information as you can and try to influence with integrity or just put out something of entertainment value with integrity and not intentionally try to pander to certain demographics. So like you and I, for example, we tell people we're just two guys talking. Yeah. We're moderate, slightly conservative. We're talking mostly about preparedness overall, things like this. And we have our own biases. So in my opinion, we're truthful and we're telling everybody, this is who we are, where we come from, where our background is. So yeah. we have biases. Therefore, whatever content we put out, it, even if it's not even factual, we're telling people this is our opinion, our speculation based exactly. on our education, training, and experience. We're not in Tokyo right now, so we can't speak to what's actually going on in Tokyo, right. but we've traveled there before, and this is our background, our history and education and experience in Tokyo. So we opine or speculate that this is what's happening, and therefore, we entertain or inform with um, integrity. I guess one of the things I would say related to that is try as much as you can to avoid opinion pieces. If you're right. trying to get real news, avoid the opinion pieces. No matter what you think, it is all biased, every piece. I was talking to a younger guy recently who was from New York City. I asked him, what is the news source that he uses? And he says, oh, it's a local guy. Tangle is the name of the organization. He said, it's great, totally unbiased, right? Totally unbiased because what he does is he gives the left's point of view in his write-ups, the right's point of view, and then 
his opinion of it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, mm-hmm. wow, okay, sounds interesting. So I'll go read this newsletter and see what it's about. And it's interesting because there is this massive slant to the left from these newsletters. Just because you say this is from the left and this is what the right is saying, that's from your leftist opinion what the right is saying, you know? And and so I think just knowing that these biases exist, knowing that organizations try to cover their opinion by saying it's unbiased news is, I think, the first step, simply knowing it. Along those lines, I had posted on my personal uh, Instagram something that Joe Rogan posted says, new psychological research indicates hatred toward collective entities inspires meaning in life. When I went through the human intelligence course, they call it the HIC, or it's basically the interrogation course. One of our approaches, if we're going to interrogate or debrief an enemy combatant is to understand what their background is and maybe try to use the hatred of the enemy or the love of family or something like that approach to break Mm. the source. And to me, from a psychological operations perspective, I think that the media has tried to do that. That's been one of the things that they've used as an old tool. It's not anything new. It's one of the oldest games in the world. So effectively pitting individuals against other individuals, is that what you're saying? Exactly. And it goes deeper than that. It's one of the oldest tricks in the world is for some type of influencer to stand behind the crowd, point your finger and say, there's the enemy and come up with your strategic command message and just stick to it and say, no, these guys are bad. We're good. And there's actually whole schools, elite private schools that according to a couple of different sources, they actually train this, they call it rhetoric. And what they do is first of all, it's a private school for rich elites. And we won't say uh, dogmatically or politically what they are because that doesn't even matter. They, in most cases, segregate males and females. And then within the class, starting at about grade five, they separate the class as well. And each year, the head instructor tells them what each side of the class is going to talk about. And in this fashion, even before they get out of high school and go into college, they're well-versed on rhetoric as far as geopolitical, socioeconomic, financial type information. And a lot of these people grow up and become lawyers and government officials. Mm. But for example, this one guy actually wrote it in a book and they turned that book into a movie. They separated the class and on this side that they said, you guys pick and choose which side you're going to be on. But this year, one half of the class is going to champion or espouse capitalism and free market. And the other half, you're going to champion or espouse communism or socialism. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they want from their students is zealous fervor towards those concepts, because all year long, you're going to have to politically debate people on the other side. So that's how you train for rhetoric. In a way, it's a little scary, you know, that these organizations are training the way they are. And this guy depicted that there's occasions where they get so um, wrapped around the axle. He wrote in his book and it's in his movie, his side championed communism and they actually got into a fist fight with the other side one day and the head master teacher of the class separated them. And here's what's really scary to me. 
the key instructor told them, we want zealous enthusiasm from you. But at the end of the day, remember, you are all fratters. You're all brothers. Mm. So it doesn't matter if you graduate from this high school and college later, and one of you goes to America and ends up becoming a politician in Washington, and your fratter ends up going to Minsk at the time to go to the KGB Academy, and you continue to champion communism. Remember, at the end of the day, y'all brothers. Now, you have to take into consideration the source of that information, and the source of that information got killed in a hotel room in Chile or Argentina, I think it was, because the government said they had information that he was going to go there with his cronies to assassinate the president at that time. And he has his biases, and maybe he's putting out information not to inform, but influence. And he yeah. had a change of heart about that group that he went to private school with, and he wants to vilify them in a way. I personally think you have to evaluate and assess it. I think there's a lot of truth to, to the story that he told, especially in the times that he lived in at that time. That's probably how his private school trained the students. Yeah. So you, you just mentioned something informed versus influence. Can you express or share again the poll that you did? Yeah, about a year ago on uh, Facebook, when they were still allowing you to put out polls, I don't see that capability in, in your post anymore. I put out a poll and it was just a simple question. And when you create the poll, you can create however many answers and you can see how many of your friends, if they read it, you can actually see who saw the post. And, and my question was, do you think news sources in America today, for the most part, put out information more to inform or to influence? That was the mm. question. I think it was 160 or so people saw it. 85 people actually responded to it. And it was 100% of them said, we believe that news is more to influence rather than inform. Which is absolutely ridiculous. Kristen just recently found a podcast that is a news source. So they release it every single day. But it's interesting because they report news in the podcast, they record it, and it's incredibly short. Like I said, Joe Rogan said this, that's all they say. That's so a fact. This happened. Fact. It was a fact. And now the next thing, it's only like 15, 20 minutes long, mm -hmm. but it's a little hard to listen to because you're going from just, fact to fact to fact to fact, and then it's done. I think that's the way the news was originally started. I think the news should be President Joe Biden traveled to Tokyo today to talk to their leadership about climate change, period. That's it. In entertainment news, Joe Rogan, who has a social media platform of millions of followers on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and his Spotify channel, said he caught COVID and he used among many other things, ivermectin that was prescribed to him by his doctor, period. That's it. CNN hosts Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo discussed on their TV news channel for over an hour about Joe Rogan's post. <clears throat> There's actually some platforms, some individuals and groups that have started TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube or whatever, where they're actually talking about this and they're saying it, if you want to be rich and successful, 
you need to do this, this, and this, because this is what most people do. And just so you know, this is what millionaires do. And one yeah, of those millionaires right. do, the first time I really noticed it was with the Arabic community. Richer, more highly educated Arabs, when they read the newspaper, most of their good newspapers are almost all like the Wall Street Journal, talking mostly about stocks and trades. And this year, Mecca expects to have this many people come in for Hajj. And because of that, Saudi Arabia needed to import X amount of tons of unchafed wheat or chafed wheat or whatever. They actually imported this, they imported that, and this is what our exports are. And these guys read this and they say, well, there I go. I'm going to invest some money into these things by following these trends, yeah. by these basic yeah. facts. For example, they know how many people are going to be consuming what kind of food at what time. There's a certain amount of time that during Ramadan, we're going to have to fast. And then at the end, we're going to break the fast. We need this much food for that because sometimes they're going to eat for three solid days, et cetera. So mm -hmm. rich, smart Arabs follow that stuff. And these websites tell you all of the things that most of us hoi polloi are guilty of doing, which is you don't follow Joe Rogan to get your information. You listen to him for past the time entertainment. Yeah, That's absolutely. not what you, where you're getting your information for weather, sports. Did somebody get blown up in Baghdad today? That's not where you get that. But sadly, you don't get that information very well from even CNN these days. It's all a lot of opinion pieces. So the fourth one, local crime and other activities, because yes, there is crime all over the world. Yes, there is crime across the United States, but what's most important to us is what's the local crime scene look like. And so having a source to figure that out is very, very helpful on a regular basis. We had a couple of websites that I posted about. One was spotcrime.com. It's almost like a newsletter that gets posted each week and it shows the different types of crime that occurred in your area, like a burglary here, an arson fire happened over here. It doesn't say it was at that specific site or that specific house, but it says is the 1900 block of Washington right. street. So they, they try to keep it as general as possible, right. but focused on your local area for spotting crime. So that's a good one. The second one, uh, I can't say I go to the website so much as I get these postings two or three times a week. It's nextdoor.com. It is almost like social media where social media is more kind of you're interacting with apps there. You can do that on Nextdoor for sure. Yeah. But what I use Nextdoor for is you submit to a particular area. You identify right. yourself as specific a neighbor neighborhood within yeah. a specific area, right? Mm -hmm. And so with that in mind, you only get actions or immediate things that are happening within your area. So somebody right. might say, hey, did you hear that big explosion that happened? Or did you hear the big thumping that was happening underground? Or did anybody feel that shaking of the ground? So it, it can get a little tedious sometimes, but it also e escalates posts 
based on popularity. And so I think from a, almost like crowdsourcing perspective, right. it's a helpful That's, tool Yeah, and it, and it lets you uh, keep aware of what's happening. One of the things they do in our community here is they have these trash dumpsters that come like a couple of times a year. Mm-hmm. They set them up over in the clubhouse. They posted on our newsletter that they put in mailboxes. Okay. Hey, in October, they're going to have the trash cans. They'll be set out by the clubhouse. You'll have time between 8 a.m. and noon to dump your stuff. So better make it mm-hmm. quick. Right. And within two hours, they're full. But knowing that's a, this is a good place to, to look and be made aware that, oh, hey, so that's a good one. And then the last one that I would talk about is mobile phone apps. But there's three that I talk about in the post. Mm-hmm. Pulse Point, 311 mm-hmm. for your particular area. And 311 is interesting. I, I actually... Started following a 311 from from New York City, where you can find all sorts of really crazy things that are happening. I saw one post at one point in time, several months back, that said they were going to be doing toxic gas distribution testing in the mm. subways. So what they would do is the government was planning a test to see Nothing was toxic about the gas that they were releasing, okay? It was a smell, and they wanted to see how people reacted if there was a toxic gas release in a subway area. So that's a good one. 311 is an interesting one for your particular area of interest, but you can submit to any and engage with any of these areas just via the app. Code Red is the other one which is quite good. That's another one where you can actually start getting alerts when there are police, when there's ambulances, fire trucks, you can look up anything that's in your area. Now we've talked about data miner before, but I think you can't get data miner as an individual too much unless you're with military intelligence or law enforcement. You get a downgraded version of it because they're actually tapping into everybody's uh, social media. They say, well, this person on Instagram posted this, and according to their phone location, they're here. This person on Twitter posted this, and we know according to their phone data that they're here. This person on Facebook said this, and according to their phone data, they're here. So within the same minute, these three different sources who are at the mall say there's an active shooter situation at this mall or whatever. Now, have you seen the new Apple Watch commercials? Yeah, where the person falls and it automatically says, hey, we sense this person's taking a hit or something like that. Hiking up in the mountains of New Zealand or something and you fall and you hurt yourself. And say you break your leg, but you're still conscious, but you know you can't move anywhere else. You hit this button and it's actually got your location pinpoint and it's going to start trying to ping the local rescue type groups. I do know there's an app that you can get on your phones, and I don't know if it's available in both the Google Play app uh, store and Apple. Hopefully it's in both places. But somebody told me recently about Life360. So Life360 was described to me as if you hit a button on that and you say, I don't feel safe in this neighborhood right now. Yeah. If you don't change that within two or three minutes, the app automatically calls the closest police department and says, this person on this account at this location, basically just hit the panic button. So it 
can potentially contact law enforcement for you to send somebody out to where your last location was. So there's all that, but I wanted to point out to everybody that may be listening, one of Matt's things that he talked about next door, they, they have a different algorithm like Matt mentioned. And according to this post popularity, because people are finding it actually relevant and helpful, those posts will come to the top of your feed because yeah. of that algorithm. Whereas what you should know about, say something like Instagram or TikTok is they have different, what they call collaborative filters in their algorithm that says, well, we know from your account that you like these types of pictures or these types of videos or whatever. And TikTok is a lot faster and loosey goosey about linking you based on a couple of different likes mm. to pro Trump conservative or pro Biden leftist type feeds. And within minutes of applying to TikTok in your feed, you start getting a certain amount of things and you, you start having friends from the three percenters or whatever hit you up and that yeah, may not be what yeah. you want. Whereas Instagram, they know that you like pictures of the mountains and things like that. And they, they have a better collaborative filter, but that's helpful for people to know about understanding the different social media platforms. Next door may be more germane and relevant to you as far as like somebody in our area, we just check it once in a while because we get a ton of stuff for this specific neighborhood in yeah. our suburb. And for the most part, people are saying, watch your cats if they go outdoors because there's bobcats out, out there. Yeah. And sure enough, we take Scout for a walk one day and there's a, a bobcat, a really cool, beautiful looking bobcat, by the way, um, carrying off a rabbit oh, right wow. in the neighborhood right there. So it's one of those things, if you're a cat owner, before you post flyers on the telephone poles, have you seen my cat? Check with Nextdoor because if you can't find your cat within about five or six days, Either somebody else has it or in this area anyway, it could yeah. it could have been scarfed up by a bobcat. All right, let's hit the last one. That is tracking large natural events. Let's talk through it. So National Hurricane Center. This is something because we've been hit by hurricanes out here on the East Coast every year around hurricane season, Kristen will jump onto the National Hurricane Center. She'll have it as a tab on her phone. She has like instantaneous access to it. And she's tracking regularly all the hurricanes that are out in the Atlantic Ocean. Isn't that tracking center tracking like hundreds of uh, tropical storms that yeah. originate somewhere between uh, Brazil and West Africa, and then they come up through the Caribbean and they do this. I think they track like uh, at least a hundred or 200 a year. It's really interesting to see because what she'll do is she'll say, there's one that's right about coming into the Caribbean now. Mm -hmm. And then she says, now in, in four days after that, there's this other one. And then there's one way down here at the Horn of Africa down there. And most likely that one's just kind of swerve up and it's not even going to come close to us, but we're worried about the second one right here. Usually those paths are, you know, kind of upward in direction. Okay. So all, all she does is in the next four days, we, we will possibly have some sort of weird weather related to this tropical storm forming. 
So we should probably be prepared. Then there's also this storm prediction center. And that's where I talked about earlier, NOAA.gov, the the SPC.NOAA.gov, they're any type of seasonal event, winter storm warnings, warnings and, and effects, the heat waves that are going on down south, big firestorms that are going on out in California. They track all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is the National Weather Service. So weather.gov slash alerts. You can see what alerts are going on anywhere in the U.S. So it's really quite impressive. You can look at maps for different areas. So that's another really cool one. So do you want to uh, go into some parting shots real quickly? Yeah, sure. I've got just a couple of parting shots and it goes towards getting your information for preparedness and situational awareness for local, regional. And if you're traveling in the future, uh, you have to understand, I think we've given you the sources and a variety of different sources. And uh, we've talked about a lot of sidebar issues and Mm -hmm. Matt and I are always going to try to influence with integrity. Mostly Matt was bringing up things like even the weather channel type stuff. There's entities out there that have turned a lot of information into mysticism, whereas like maybe 80 years ago or whatever, different groups of people were using mysticism to try to draw you into a cult or a dogmatic sect. Now they're using mysticism to divide and conquer, just spread misinformation and whatever. In the age of information, ignorance is a choice. I see this pitfall with a lot of uh, Gen Xers and those who are older than us. They are still to this day falling for basic scams on Facebook. We not only need to help ourselves with the information and filtering out that information, we need to help others and our elders to avoid elder exploitation. I can see people in different countries trying to tap into our informational systems in the future. You've got a relative that you didn't know about that traveled to another area. They're in jail now, or they're in the hospital. They need your help. Mm. There's a variety of scams that are related to information. So got to know how to filter your information. You've got to know that there's entities that by design, they're trying to give you bad or false or misleading information, not to inform, but influence. And you've got to help train as Gen Xers where some of us are expected by some folks that are younger than us to be the leaders in the community. And in doing so, we've got to show that we are at least a little bit internet, computer and informational highway savvy. And we know is some of this information is not good. Here's a better source of information. We encourage you to learn and understand. And some of the sources we gave may not be the best for you. Maybe you're going to find something different, but be informed to stay best informed, stay alert and then stay alive. And there it is. Excellent. I always like the fact, Ed, you regularly bring up these topics, which are very helpful. Right. And there's like, you brought up this last scenario where you were in Jerusalem. Americans just don't realize that there's stuff going on other places in the world, like in Jerusalem, part of their national security strategy is to not blast out 
to the whole world that we're constantly having sniper bus bombings, mortars or whatever, if that's what's going on at the time, they control their media and they just put it out to their country's citizens, factual information, because they don't have entities trying to exploit their own people for capitalistic wealth and gain. So they're just going to put out the information in this neighborhood. 10 minutes ago, there was an explosion and they don't know what the explosion was. Was it a bus bomb? Was it a mortar? Was it a rocket? We'll give you more information later. And so far the casualty is three dead and seven wounded. We'll give you more information as it comes. And after it's all done, it's done. We're going to clean it up. We're going to go about life and you're going to know that just happened. All right. Well, Hey, for, for my parting shot, I just wanted to restate, maybe mix up the words a little bit, situational awareness. It is, uh, to be more aware of your situation. And so just keep in mind uh, these five very simple areas that you can research. Like Ed said, we don't know everything. We don't know that maybe these aren't the right news sources for you. Maybe they aren't the right weather sources for you. The point is simply find some for yourself and become familiar with them. When it comes to news, know what those biases are. You know, there's going to be biases, just know what they are and then gauge your decision-making upon that education that you have in your mind at the time. So those are, those are a, a couple of things that I had, Ed, any other things you wanted to share? I just can't reiterate it enough that it, just check your sources again, different people, at different stages in their life with different levels of understanding. There's 218 countries in the world. They're doing different things. There's different weather in different regions. There's different concerns. There's different scams going on. And although we're living in the age of information, we're also living in an age of media and information, terrorism, exploitation. So pick the best sources of information that you can for you and Matt and I will always be as above board and forthright and telling you this product did work for me, but I'm not a doctor or medical person. So I'm just telling yeah. you, or this new site has this information. I've always found it useful. Always check your sources, know their biases, and it doesn't matter what your politic is. You need to find your path to information, situational awareness, and staying alert and staying alive. Excellent. Have you ever heard the story, The Land of Point? No, I haven't. Nil Nils Nilsson. Mm -mm. There's a term he uses, a point in every direction is the same as no point at all. And so it's, it works for news, it works for weather, it works for information too. If it, all this information is going and coming in different directions, it's the same as knowing nothing. You've got too much information, so it's right. information overload and you can't make a decision on anything at that point. Yeah. And I think we don't have those types of people out there like HL Meekin and we need them more. There's a, almost like a lone voice in the wilderness of reason. And he's saying, you know, the whole goal and aim of practical politics is, is to create alarm and thus 
clamor among the uh, populace by mm. constantly menacing it with a bunch of scenarios. All of them are illusions or hobgoblins. Nish and I are just like, this does not really affect me right yep. here, right yep. now. So one group of almost like a fraternal brotherhood, I will say that, uh, has a saying that I applied towards a lot of this is to carry a, almost like a judge's gavel in life. And if it isn't relevant to you, tap that gavel and wipe it out. Just say mm -hmm. this your objection, your honor relevance, no matter what they tell you is the issue. Those are what we call social or cultural issues. And a lot of them don't really have that much of a tangible impact on you right here, right now. All right. Well, Hey, thanks again for joining us. Men, women, ladies, gents, kids of all ages, Gen Xers everywhere. Stay focused everyone. So you too can respond well and recover faster until next time. This is Matt Marshall signing off. It was awesome. Salute. Signing off. Take care, everybody.